0: Good morning. My name is Stan Gale. I have the privilege of ministering the Word of God to you. While Pastor Max is uh, on sabbatical, and I thank God very much for the opportunity he has given him and the blessing of this church in allowing him to to do that. It can be a time of great uh, refreshment and renewal. Well, we're continuing in the book of James, and our text this morning is verses 12 through 18 of chapter 1. So give ear, please, to the reading of God's Word. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and He Himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then, desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. This ends the very word, the reading of the very word of the living God. The title of this morning's message is, Steadfast Under Trial." let me pray for us please spirit of the living god we thank you for inspiring this word that we just read inspiring the bible causing it to be inscripturated that we might have it to hold and read and study and be nourished by we thank you dear spirit for illuminating us, opening our eyes, giving us hearts, minds, that we might understand Your Word and the ability to put it into practice. And now we ask that You would inhabit this preaching of Your Word. To the glory of the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. I listened to one of... Two things when I'm in my car, uh, either I listen to either my Celtic Woman CD or to KYW News Radio. Now my kids make fun of me for that, but I am much more up on current events and Irish folklore than they are. <laughs> for a while, when I would listen to KYW, it seemed like every time I would tune in, I would hear an advertisement, the same advertisement for, uh, I forget what it's called, but anyway, it was this finance guy who was saying, get out of the volatility of the stock market and don't invest your money in these things that are to give you piddly, piddly gains, piddly returns. Instead, he was uh, pitching a product that he said will, uh, how do they put it? Will will virtually guarantee big returns with no risk. And I would hear those advertisements all the time. And I don't hear them anymore. Not after the Philadelphia Inquirer ran a series of articles exposing this guy and others who were part of this this financial scheme as a Ponzi scheme. Things went from invest to arrest. All right, now what would convince you to entrust your life savings to someone? Well, my guess is you'd dig into it pretty deeply, wouldn't you? You study all the materials very well, and you would look at those who are managing, uh, managing the funds and Try to understand what was going on, look at their track record, try to get a feel for their character, maybe talk to some others who have uh invested in it. So, in other words, what you would do is you would do your due diligence. Well, that's what James does for us this morning. James gives us, does for us our due diligence when it comes to investing ourselves in the trials that God brings to our lives. Now, trials are those events, those situations in our lives that are difficult to deal with. They bring adversity and hardship and deprivation. They can range anywhere from mild to catastrophic. James has told us that when we encounter, when we meet these trials along the way, that we are not to resist them. And he's explained to us why. And we're not even simply to resign ourselves to them. Rather, we are to meet these trials in our lives with joy and expectation. Now, a big part of our willingness to invest our money in something, a big part of our willingness is trust in the person we are handing our money over to. So we think about this, we consider it, and we look at the person, we look at the people. We know, is this person trustworthy? Is, are they competent? Can they deliver on the promises that they are making. Well, this morning, James assures us that we can have complete confidence as we encounter the trials that we face. We can have complete confidence that they will produce the dividends promised. Now, why is that? Is because the outcomes of the trials we face are dependent on the God we know. James lays out three reasons why we should embrace the trials of our lives. First is this. God promises blessing. God promises blessing through trials. Boy, those KYW radio ads would work is uh, the pitch man would give kind of a teaser about this you know he would kind of throw the uh, uh, the hook in the water and kind of uh, do say these things to get your attention and then he would uh, invite people to a free dinner at a nice restaurant to hear all about it and over dinner he would describe to them this uh, foolproof way to get rich and then what he would do is kind of lift their head and open their eyes to what their lives could look like if they invested and had all this surge of money coming their way well James takes a similar approach to trials he shows us the benefit of them he already mentioned something in when we looked at verses three and four he said Uh, for For you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And now, James, as he calls us, as he urges us to go all in, all in on the trials of our lives, He says that if you go all in, if you fully invest yourself in these trials, if you endure, if you are steadfast in these trials, it will yield great blessing. Look at verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Which God has promised to those who love him. You see what James is doing? He's saying the trials of our lives pay dividends, both in this life and in the life to come. How can we know that? How can we be sure? How can we know it's not like that KYW Ponzi scam? We can know because James points us to the guarantor, the God who has made promises to those who love Him. And when James points us to this God, he doesn't point us to someone uh, who is a stranger, someone who just shows up at our doorstep, someone who assaults us on the radio, someone who comes knocking at our door soliciting. What He points us to is a God who has been at work in our lives all along. Last week in the closing song, uh, All the Way My Savior Leads Me, we we sang this line, Can I doubt His tender mercy who through life has been my guide? In other words, This God who is the guarantor of the blessing promised in our trials is the God who has come to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. This is the God that the Spirit of God has caused caused us to be born again, has given, given us faith, and we behold this God. Paul says of this God, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. And so the God that James directs our eyes to is not a God who just shows up. This is the God who has taken us to Himself. And the God who blesses us you know, throughout the Bible, we see this in the Psalms, we, we can testify it to ourselves, we can write it in our own diaries and journals, that this God has been faithful to us all of our lives. He has demonstrated a track record of grace. He has showered us with good things. Last week, we, uh, we observed, not observed is the right word, but we had the summer solstice the beginning of summer longest day of the year and we've got one of those every year don't we because one season moves into another and the hymn writer uses that regularity to the change of seasons to showcase the steadfastness of god the hymn writer says summer and winter Springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in the courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Morning by morning, it's not just seasonal, is it? Day by day. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. See, the change of seasons reflects an unchanging God. So what James is telling us is that this God to whom we entrust ourselves, these trials in which we invest ourselves that hold the backing and offer the promises of God, say that this we can have confidence because our God can be trusted. Every day we wake up to the bounty of His mercies and a new experience of the steadfast love of God. What that means is this. When God promises dividends of spiritual blessing, we can count on receiving them. When he says that if we remain steadfast under trial, that we will receive the crown of life promised to those who love him. When he says that, we will not be disappointed. All right, now, we don't want to get the wrong idea here. We don't want to get the idea that the crown of life... Now, the crown of life is really a, a metaphor for salvation. You know, forgiveness of sins, life eternal, and all this cornucopia of blessing... Every blessing in Christ's promise, all that is wrapped up in this salvation that is represented by the crown of life. That crown of life we do not earn by our steadfastness in trial. We gain that crown of life through the steadfastness of Jesus Christ. And so the picture in Scripture is that when we are awarded the crown of life, what do we do with it? We cast it down before the throne of Him who is our salvation. James this morning is assuring us that we can be steadfast in trial, expecting the dividends of grace Because we can trust the God who has promised, as we sang earlier, the God whom we love because he first loved us. All right, that's the first. God promises blessing through trials. What you're in right now, what you're in right now, God promises dividends of blessing. Well, secondly, God intends trials for our benefit. not our harm. God intends trials for our benefit, not our harm. You know, by their very nature, tri- trials are difficult things. And by their very nature, it can seem that trials, they, they seem like scams. Trials can, by their negative, they're negative, they're difficult, they can seem like scams. Because when we encounter trials and we see this coming at us, we can say, God, what's going on? What, what are you doing here? You're my Father in heaven. That's not what a father does. A father, doesn't al- a father protects his children. He doesn't allow these things to come near them. Trials can seem like scams. In fact, trials, when we're going through them, they can... Uh, They can bring into question the character of God for us. That's why James goes on to say this in verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and He Himself tempts no one. You see what James does here. He says, it may seem as you're in this trial that God is leading you astray. It may seem that He does not have your best interest at heart. It may seem that God is at work in this trial to tear you down rather than build you up. But He says, that's not the case. James says, that is not the case. And faith, the eyes of faith, the heart of faith, tells you differently. It's helpful for us to know as we try and figure out what James is telling us here. It's helpful us to know, to know that the word trial and the word temptation carry the same root in the original language. So that when we see the word trial used in verse 12, and the word temptation used in verse 12, 13 they reflect the same root it's the same uh, word that jesus uses in matthew 6 when he says when he teaches us to pray the disciples prayer lord lead me not into temptation that could be translated trial but the context is what gives it one or the other all right how does that help us how does it help us to know that these words uh, come from the same root? It helps us to see this. How trials relate to temptation. How trials relate to temptation. With every trial that you face, you will experience temptation. Temptation. With every trial, every adversity, we find an adversary. You know, the very first trial recorded in the pages of Scripture, back in the Garden of Eden, in Genesis 3, the trial of Adam and Eve, where God tested them. We see the enemy present. We see the enemy, the devil, present to... um, to question God. Did God really say? And so Eve's put in a position of saying, well, let me think about this. Where the enemy is present to call into question the character of God because he says things like, you know, God knows that when you eat this, good things are going to happen. You see, He's a bad God. He's depriving you. And that same adversary is present in the trials of Our lives. The trials we face, James wants to make sure that we understand, are from God for our good. God does not intend us harm. He is not leading us astray. But present in the trial is an enemy who wants to lure us, to seduce us, to turn us against God to make us question as we are going through this difficult time questions say you know look at what you're going through is God really good is God really powerful enough is God really present is God real So basically what James is doing for us this morning is he's saying that the trials that we face come affixed with a warning label. That's what James is doing. He is spreading out a warning label on the trials. I noticed on my uh, toast oven this week, I had not seen it before, uh, a warning label that says, if contents ignite, keep door closed, and unplug oven. Now, I thought that was helpful. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Some warning labels are worthwhile. For example, uh, one that says, product re- uh, the, this product contains peanuts. Now, that's very helpful. I've got a grandson who is allergic to peanuts. I always have to make, a, make sure the dessert is not have to do with peanuts that we give him. And that's helpful there are other warning labels that are not helpful such as remove child from stroller before folding <laughs> your mind can only imagine <laughs> basically james he's affixing a warning label to the trials that we face and the shorthand on that, on that label is do not be deceived. See, it's a warning label of wisdom. Just what we talked about last week. Do not be deceived. What we are seeing here, what we are being introduced to by James is spiritual warfare. Now, sometimes we think of spiritual warfare as really fantastical kind of stuff and extraordinary. But when you look at the authors of, of Scripture, you'll find that spiritual warfare is not something extraordinary to Christian life. It is ordinary to Christian life. It's part of daily Christian life. Uh, how does Peter put, the, Peter put it? Uh, Satan is on the prowl, basically. You've got an enemy on the prowl seeking to devour James is going to talk to us more about spiritual warfare. He's going to talk about it in chapter 3 and chapter 4, but he's breaking the ice on it now. And that means this. In trials, we need to be on guard against the seductions and deceptions of our spiritual enemy. All right, James goes on. He shows us how. How we can fall into the trap of the devil. Verse, Verse 14. But each person is tempted... When he is lured and enticed by his own desire, then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. What Satan does is he plays to the waywardness of our heart. And we've got a a built-in misalignment, a built-in waywardness. And what uh, James does here, he uses a birth metaphor. He talks about the desire of our heart, sinful desire in this case, coupling with temptation and sin being conceived. And then sin grows. And he speaks of gestation. And then he speaks of giving birth to sin that eventually fully grown leads to death and that's wisdom kind of talk you know there is a way which seems right to a man but his end is the way of death and when james talks about desire here he's talking about a desire um, that has its locus in ourselves in contrast to what god says for example eve when she saw the fruit she was desire driven and that she she followed what appealed to the eye rather than inclining her her ear steadfastly to what god had said trials lead to our spiritual detriment when we allow ourselves to be driven by that sort of desire rather than being devoted to god trusting in him and submitting to him so you see where james is pointing blame he's 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 saying that trials don't become harmful to us because God is tempting us, but because we are not handling the trial with wisdom from above in the fear of the Lord. All right, so God promises blessings through trials. Secondly, God intends trials for our benefit and not our harm. And thirdly, trials... Carry God's good gifts to his children. Trials carry God's good gifts to his children. Uh, James now comes at things from another angle. He wants to make sure that we're latching on to what it is he is saying because we need that reinforcement when trials, when we're in the thick of trials. He said, Not only is God not tempting us to sin, Not only is God not inflicting spiritual harm for us, the trial is actually intended by God for our spiritual benefit and growth in grace. Look at verse 16. Do not be deceived. There's that label again. My beloved brothers, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The word that James uses for deceived here, he'll use once again at the end of his letter when he speaks of uh, if anyone is wandering from the truth. And that's what he's saying here. He says, do not allow the evil one to lure you, to entice you, so that you stray. That's one of the beauties of um, having shepherding in the church, of having a community of faith, of being regular in the Word of God, is to keep us from straying. Because, as we sang, we are prone to wander, prone to leave the God that we love. Now, how does James impress upon us that the trial was actually for our good. Well, he does it negatively and positively. We saw it negatively. And he explained that God cannot be tempted and God does not tempt anyone. And he holds up for us this unchanging, this God who is good all the time. But positively, he explains that God fills our lives with good things. He fills our lives with good things. You see, again, James points us to the character of this God. This God is not the tempter. He is the Father of lights. The Father of lights. You know that uh, investment scam I mentioned, I heard, KYW? Well, they tried, they tried to make you think that these, these people, these, these investor I mean, these people offering this, that they have done all this good for all these people. That's, that's the pitch. But after this all came out, it turned out that one of the main guys uh, behind this Ponzi scheme, he had been arrested two times for, on felony charges related to finances he was hiding himself by using different aliases he had he lived an opulent lifestyle he had uh, many houses in different places expensive cars he had a private jet money all all, it's just remarkable to read uh, to read the accounts but you see what he was doing He was fleecing investors for His own gain. But the one behind the trials of our lives is one who did not spare His own Son, but sent Him to die. And God shows His love for us in this while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Of Jesus, we are told that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And this God who gave his only Son, he does not change. He does not change like shifting shadows. He cannot lie, and His promises will not fail. Well, to convince us still further, James wants to hit that nail on the head one more time. To convince us that we can be confident in the outcome of our faith. So James says this in verse 18, Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of firstfruits of His creatures. It sounds like James is not borrowing, but but it's similar language to what we find in John's Gospel. In John's Gospel, in the first chapter, it says, But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so what James says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. And it shows once again this God who has caused us to be born again who as we, the Word of God was ministered to us, He opened our eyes, and we heard the voice of Jesus. And we who were dead in sin were made alive in Jesus Christ and came forth to Him by the power of His Word. It's God who set His love upon us and sent His Son to save us, causing us to be born again, redeemed us for Himself. Now, James says something interesting here. He says of his, um, that we should be the, a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, first fruits is like a sample, it's a sample of something bigger, like a sample of a harvest. You now, when my wife cuts up pineapples, she buys a pineapple and cuts it up. I would always buy the can. But she insists on doing that. So she gets a pineapple, cuts it up, and fills the bowl with it. And um, I will go go and have a piece to see how sweet it is, to see whether the rest of it is worthy of eating. That's what first fruits is. It's a sample. And like, what's the harvest like? I'm not going to bring the whole harvest into the market. I'm going to bring a, a sample. And what that first fruit does, it says two things. It says, one, there is more to come. But it also says, this is what the rest of the harvest is like. First fruits is the language of promise, the language of promise, where the blessings of the Spirit that we experience right now. One day we will enjoy in fullness. Brothers and sisters in Christ, do not be deceived about the value of trials. As Paul puts it, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is revealed to us. Well, let me wrap things up. That Ponzi scheme advertised on KYW news radio it resulted in story after story of shattered lives and that philadelphia inquirer exposé a number of the articles contained stories of broken dreams death despair just ruined lives and each of those stories speak of the the tragedy of those who believed a lie and trusted a liar. But James this morning, and God, the Spirit of God, through his apostle, has worked hard to convince us that God is worthy of our trust. We can be steadfast in trial because our God is steadfast in Christ. And He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not along with Him graciously give us all things? Let's pray. Father of lights, in whom there is no darkness, who does not change like shifting shadows, Grant us your grace to be steadfast in trial. Protect us from the schemes of the devil and help us to hold fast to the word of truth. In Christ's name we pray, amen.